Welcome back, folks, to Bits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a travel boy, and a red-faced man. Dan Masters, who my good friend, a man who puts on a nice spread, and a man who got to talk hockey face-to-face with someone this week. Well, every human, Will, how you doing? Uh, very well, thank you, Dan, very well. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the spread, is all I'll say. I, I feel it was... I don't, I don't want to say low effort, because that's telling on yourself, but, you know, it was um, it was uh, cheap and dirty, as they say. As uh, <laughs> As we both like it, I'm sure. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad your wife enjoyed it. But then that feels even worse to say, even though it's accurate. That, no, she loves the cheap and I can't do that joke. I can't. I just Get that's out. bad. She's got to defend herself. It's 2021 what? people. Yeah. Get your, minds out, we... get your minds out of the gutters. What are we doing here? Yes, people. For the first, for the only the second time in the history of this show. Me and Will actually got to sit down and talk face to face and see each other face to face. And I was gutted, mate. I was gutted. I said to Sarah on yesterday, I said, you know what? I said, I, would, I could have happily sat there with Will and Grace all day talking. And she said, yeah, me too. She said, I was really annoyed that we had to leave and it was so far back. I don't know. I mean, we got back at about quarter past six because we had to off, you know, we stopped off for a quick oh, drink man. and a bite to eat and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, of course. And I just, like I said, when I got there, it was. I was so giddy to get to talk hockey face to face, and I know we do this show every week, and we do we've done ninety minutes, damn near every week for four years. But there's nothing like sitting across from somebody and just saying, "Oh, what do you think about the situation at two C?" You're like, "Well, here's what I think about it," and it was it was just great, and I was so sad to come away. It's it's that thing about a natural conversation, though, isn't it? Where <laughs> as as much as this might shock some people to think. Um, yeah, you can really just talk about whatever you want. You don't have to worry about, oh yeah, we've got to fit X amount of time. We've only, we've got to cover these topics and that. You can, yeah. not that it's held us back much before, but yeah, like you say, you can just have a like fucking random thing of like, oh, what do you think about Charlie Coyle or whatever? I, I don't know, fucking name name the player, name the situation. You can just fucking chuck it out there. And it's, yeah, yeah, it, make, it, it does make a difference being being face-to-face. No matter what you're doing, whether you're talking hockey, whether you're, being with friends, you know, as we've all come to to learn and appreciate over the last eighteen months now, you know, being with with people in person, you can't replicate it with all the webcams and and USB microphones in the world. You can't replicate that that human connection that you get in person. Yeah, no, yeah, there's nothing like it. If we do make the journey again, which I think we'll try and do every year, because like we said, we've got bizarrely three different sets of friends who live completely on the other side of the country within about half an hour of each other so we'll probably make the journey again at some point or if you guys ever get to you know pop up here or something we said yeah, we'd try and be... make sure it lasted longer yeah to be able to make the most of the time time together like like with yeah. you know, anyone seeing anyone you want to you don't want it to be a yeah a flyby visit is better than nothing but you still want it to you want to make the most of it where you can indeed all right Let's get on with it then. It's a lot to talk about this week. Clearly, we'll start with the first thing. I know you've probably heard it everywhere, but what the hell? Why don't we let two dumb English people give their opinion on the uh, the collapse again of the Toronto Maple Leafs? And if you followed this show from the beginning, there was a time when I said that... And actually, to be fair, this happens nearly every year. And I will normally say, I don't really care who wins the cup, but there are teams that I don't want to win the cup. And in the first year of this show, that team was definitely Toronto. I didn't want them to win the cup. I was sick of their fans. I was sick of the coverage. I was sick of the the hype surrounding the team. And that's disappeared. And I'm now 
siding with, bizarrely, I'm siding with Toronto fans. And I am absolutely furious with this team. I'm livid. I don't support them. And and this season, I didn't really care. Like I said, I think a few weeks ago, I didn't care who won the cup this year. This is one of the first years where I really don't care. I'd rather my team win it. But if my team doesn't win it, all right, whoever wins it, they win it. Fine. No big deal. Alongside my fellow brothers and sisters from Toronto, I am absolutely livid with this team for some reason. I'm furious and I don't know, I don't know why. How do we put into words what happened, Will? I don't, well, I think to, to put into words why you're so livid, I think it's that element of expectation that everybody has. You know, where they are the most covered team, you know, and they've got three young superstars. William Nylander is definitely a superstar. And they've got other fantastic players around him. You know, you have Morgan Riley's, you know, John Tavares is, 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 and all that sort of shit. Like, it's a bit like Tampa Bay in a way, not that they're on the same level roster construction-wise or skill-wise or anything like that. And like, there is always going to be that element of heel for a lot of people about the Toronto Maple Leafs. But it's a similar thing where you see a good team put together and you just want them to fucking do it. It's it's like a like a you know, shit will get off the pot sort of thing. They're hyped up every year. Everybody knows they're going to be dangerous. And and especially the last few years, it's that recurring thing of, can they get out of the first round? Can they get past Boston? You know, this year it's like, okay, no Boston this time. They've got to be able to do it. And it's just the same fucking record. Get to a game seven in the first round. Fuck it up. Whatever whatever sort of um, shape the collapse takes, be it a Game 7 collapse a la 2013, be it whatever, like this year, you've gone 3-1 up in the series without your captain, without your you know, your 1B centre, and you still fuck it up. It's like, are we, are we really fucking doing this again? And I think that's why it's so disappointing, because it is... It's like, say you're watching your favourite TV show, and then every season it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I can I can see exactly what's going to happen with the storylines this time. <laughs> and like, you know, the, your favourite character or like the popular character they're really pushing is almost going to do the thing, I don't know, beat the bad guy, kiss the girl, fucking whatever you want it to be. And then the same shit happens at the end. It's, it's disappointing no matter whether you expect it or not. Do you know what it is as well? I think you've mentioned before that you appreciate teams who let's say, do the NHL the right way. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. The, the Leafs, for all their... Uh, forget the coverage of the team and forget, you know, you, you may get annoyed at that and, okay, yeah, I understand. I kind of get annoyed at that too, but, you know, you don't have you don't have to follow that coverage. You really don't. You know, there are other ways to get coverage of other teams. You don't have to follow the main outlets to get your hockey coverage. But they've gone about things the right way. Like you've said before, you said last year, Tampa. I want Tampa to win because they've done it the right way. They've bottomed out. They've got players. They drafted well. They've developed. They've made smart trades. They managed their cap well. They've done everything properly that you would say, yeah, you know what? All right, this team's done it properly. They're not just going to ride a hot goalie. They're not going to get a fluky bounce. They're playing the game properly, so to speak. And to see it just die on its arse, you just think, oh, God. I mean... Why even bother doing it the right way? Maybe maybe you don't. Maybe you do what a team like the Habs has done and just build a team that's for the playoffs, kind of heavy, player defensive style so teams can't break you down, maybe be a bit boring and take your chances. And it's just a bit, oh. Cause, and we, I don't want to pat us on the back too much here, Barry Horowitz style, but we did predict that the second round would be Jet Tabs. I put that out there this week, a little audio clip of us predicting that from May the 12th. 
before the season, before the uh, Winnipeg, Edmonton, or Toronto, Montreal series even started. And looking back on it in hindsight, yeah, of course it was going to be Jets Habs. <laughs> of course it was. Did we actually think that Edmonton and Toronto were going to suddenly turn into really good playoff teams? Regardless of the division they're in, it's still the playoffs. You still play heavy. You still have to find every single inch. You can't make individual mistakes. I don't know if you've seen um, highlights of the of games five, six, and seven, but every single game turned on a mistake. Unbelievably, fucking what Alex Galchenyuk's doing with that spinorama pass on his blue line? I've got no idea. Is it fucking? Was it Travis Dermott spinning around? It's like yep. his fucking like his controller's broken or something. And then that's game six done. And then and we have to get onto. Mr. Marner right now. I mean, Mitch Marner gets poached by Stoll and and then Jack Campbell's got to have that one. Yeah, Marner's taken a lot of heat at the moment. He is taking all the heat. And I don't know if that's because... And I'm, I'm going to just say, compared to Matthews, one goal between them in this series is fucking abysmal. $22 million for one goal against a team that you finished 18 points ahead of is shambolic. That is absolutely shambolic. And I don't... I don't <laughs> I don't know why I don't know why Marner's taking all of the heat and Matthews is not seemingly taking any. I don't get that. Is it because he's from the area? And like we say, you always hurt the ones you love, don't you? There's a fine line between love and hate and nobody hates a nobody hates a player like its own fans do, but I don't understand where the uh, the hate for Marner's coming from and not for Matthews. Well, you you chuck in the fact that the I don't know if you heard about the contract negotiations last year, Dan. Not last year, whatever the fuck they were. <laughs> yeah, it would have been last year. Those contract negotiations put so much bad blood for for fans around the league. Like not just the I can't even imagine how bad it must have been for for a diehard Maple Leaf fan. But I'm I'm on the sidelines watching Sikidar. Mitch Barney, you little weasel, you little fucking weasel. How dare you? <laughs> how dare you pull all this shit or or be party to all this shit being pulled? And then to have that sort of stuff, you're coming in at a fucking enormous wedge. Fucking enormous wedge for a player who's, who's very good. He's a very, very good player. Mitch Marner is, is really, really good. We can't can't deny that. But to have that and then to, you know, the same old thing. You know, he hasn't scored a playoff goal in two seasons now. 18 you games. Know, he's 18, 18 games, really. Fucking hell. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 18 games. And he's got like... He's fucking racking up the um, penalty minutes and shit. That's always puck over glass and all that nonsense. Like, yeah, to have that and then to to have a great season and then disappear in the playoffs after after the bad blood still hasn't hasn't settled and arguably would never settle unless he brought a cup to Toronto. You know what I mean? It's always going to be a sticking point. Yeah, I get why he's a lightning rod. Absolutely, it's, especially when you've got rumors floating around that he's fucking. <laughs> refusing, <laughs> refusing to change positions on the power play, which I the that the can't better be part true. Of me, that can't be yeah, true. Absolutely, absolutely. That's that's can't a be. fucking that's a nonsense. That is an utter nonsense. But when that sort of stuff's being floated around in the media as a rumor, yeah, like why? Well, of course, but it's 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 even going to subconsciously, even if you don't believe it off the hop, subconsciously in your head, like your brain's going to keep that away. And it's just gonna like add it to like the tally of bad things about Mitch Marner. I I love that story though. The the idea that you know Manny Malultra, who's uh, running their power play, comes to me and is like, "I want you to swap off the half wall and 
go down low or wherever it is. Like, and Mitch Marr's like, nah. And then, <laughs> then the coach himself like, all right, then, well, we asked, what can you do? <laughs> Goes back to Keith. I mean, he said no. What else am I supposed to do? I asked him. Yeah, you know, you've, I asked you've, him the question. You've done your job, Manny. Don't worry. There's, there's nothing you can do. Yeah, you are right. Like, fucking... shit sticks, doesn't it? It sticks, even if it's true yeah, or not. Definitely. And that some Toronto fan is going to be in a bar in two months, hammered, talking about how the Leafs failed this year, and one of them is going to go, and fucking Marner wouldn't change on the power play, and they're going to go, yeah, what a piece of shit. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's true or not. Now it's out there. People are going to remember it. It's fucking rough. What, what, what do you do? What do you? <laughs> I mean, it's it's the question being asked, isn't it? The, the two questions. It's what what do you do as an individual, or what will the Maple Leafs do? Because they've done the whole fucking you know tailing to to the media's desire, and they've gone out and gotten big bodies, fucking Zach Bogosians and Wayne Simmonses and shit like that. Like, what what do you do? I honestly. I mean, I, I genuinely now think they might be cursed. I've said this before with Edmonton, in that I believe in 19... And swap for whenever the Edmonton Oilers last cup was, 84, 85? I don't know when it was. I can't fucking know. I was like three years old. They won one without Gretzky, didn't they? So it would have been like 86, oh, maybe? Yeah. yeah, something like that. But whenever each, team's last, whenever each team last cup was, I guarantee at some point a fan said in a, in a heartfelt moment to God, Dear God, I don't care if we never win another cup again. Just let us win this one. Because I now believe fully that both franchises have to be cursed in some way or that God is calling in his market every year and saying, I oh, know, hang on a minute, we signed a contract here that said <laughs> in 1967 you would accept this cup and I could, you could never have one ever again. And now he's calling them in. They have to be cursed. The Leafs especially. I, like, I agree with you completely. What are they supposed to do? Go out and get more grit. Okay, so they get more grit. Get some depth. They get some depth. Add some bigger pieces at the deadline. They added some bigger pieces at the deadline. Get a better goalie. Their goalie was decent. Play better defensively. They are better defensively. And then there's always that one thing that seems to just undo them. And this season, it was that the two best players on their team didn't perform at all. What did they shoot combined for the series? 2%? 2.5%? Something stupid like that? <laughs> Well, did did uh, did Matthews have a goal? I think Matthews had one goal. They had one goal between them, or was it Marner had yeah. the goal? Yeah, they had one no, goal Marner, between. Marner them. didn't have the goal. Yeah, yeah oh yeah, because like, yeah. yeah, we just talked about it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, combined, go like yeah, combined they shot two percent. You're meant to have, and this is this is where, okay. So Dubas has taken no heat for this, and at first, at first, I agreed, and. You may be surprised to hear this, <laughs> folks. Go. Sometimes I can be quite the contrarian on the show. Sometimes for effect, just to get me and Will talking and to get his gander up, because I kind of enjoy that sometimes. But sometimes I think I have a fair point. The reason that they couldn't add certain pieces at the deadline, or that they had to look at other players, or the, the reason why they have to look at players like Joe Thornton, Wayne Simmons, Zach Bogosian, do you want to play in Toronto for 48p? Yeah, all right then. I guess I will. The reason they have to do that is because Willie Nylander decided, well, I want what I want. And if you can't give it to me, go fuck yourself. And Dubas, wait, 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 wait. And Dubas caved. And then Matthew said, if you can just sign your initial on that check there and then just hand it back to me without anything else on it, and then we'll just go from there. And Dubas went, oh, okay then. So he gets a blank check. 
No, because Matthews gets a blank. So now here's the issue. Dubas then, because he set the table with Nylander, then thinks, well, hang on a minute. I've let Willie do that and I've given in to him. If Matthews decides that if Matthews is going to pull this kind of stuff on me, he'll just do the same thing. So I better give him what he wants. Then because you give Matthews what he wants, now Marner's going to get what he wants. Now, at any point, at any point, Dubas could have said to any three of those players, no, you are not doing this. How often do we give guys like Jim Benning and, and GMs like that a ton of shit? But look at some, like like Charlie McAvoy, I bring up Charlie McAvoy all the time. He didn't get five. The Bruins wouldn't even give him five. They gave him 4.9. Like, no, you get 4.9. That's what you're getting. And he went, all right then. We talked about Jim Benning the other week with Brock Besser. Well, I'd like a longer term deal at this much money. No, no. This is what you're getting. This is what it is. And he went, okay then. And that's the reason why they had to add players like Thornton Simmons. The, the drop-off between the megastars and the underneath players is gigantic. I mean, I, I watched Vegas, Colorado this morning. The, the Maple Leafs can't go out and get guys like Brandon Saad or I, I know, even a guy like Burakovsky or players like that. They can't do that because they've got so much money tied up. Even the, even the Tavares contract. I know they're saying he left money on the table, well, did he? He's making eleven million dollars. Fucking where? Like, what was he gonna get? You gonna? He was gonna get a million dollars more. Okay, technically left money on the table, but it's not like he's coming to Toronto back to his spiritual home and playing for seven. He's not taking the McKinnon or the Marchand or fucking whatever deal, is he? No. So I, I you know, like Dubas did the best with what he could this season, and he did do. I agree. I you can't have hindsight. And you can't run it back now and say, oh, well, actually, those deals were terrible. Like the Toronto Sun had a headline about, oh, he did the right things at deadline. I did all these correct things. And now, of course, they're saying, oh, he made terrible decisions. No, no, he made good decisions. But he's put himself in that position to where he can only get certain types of players. He can't go and get a, 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 fourth, uh, a, a second line guy who's making five million. Because you just haven't got the room to do it. And he's put himself in that position. And I think that's why he should take a bit more criticism than what he is. I, th- I, th- I think the buck does stop with Dubas, but that doesn't strictly mean that he's made bad decisions. You know what I mean? It's... I-, I think those three contracts were very bad decisions. <sighs> like, even, like, you know, if Matthews, if Matthews gets 10, Marner's only asking for nine. I think I think you could genuinely yeah, it's, say it's that. those little bits here and there in it. Yeah, you exactly, know. exactly. You're trying That's to shave a, off. I get it. The Nick Felino. I'm sorry to jump in again. The Nick, mm-hmm. Nick Felino trade looks terrible. It now looks horrific that they paid a first and two fourths. And he didn't score a single goal. I don't even know how many points he had. Like he was bad for them, and I get it. He got injured, but. The reason they had to go after a guy like that was because they couldn't really go after anyone else. There wasn't many other choices to go for. Because either A, they couldn't afford them, or B, they were looking for a certain type of player. An extra two or three million here or there per season will make a difference. It will make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. I I think the three contracts I'd point to as being... The issue are the Mana, Matthews and Tavares deals. I think that Willie Nealander deal... Under seven million for another three seasons after this, you can't, you can't beat that. I don't think. Obviously, it's good, but they him. didn't want to give him that, did they? That's why it happened. No, of so course. Long. 
But the problem with the Leafs compared to, you know, your Bostons, your Tampas, your your other teams who have given out Vancouver Vancouver's a different one, I think. The Vancouver's a different one. But it's like we've always said that playing in Toronto in these like not even big market te- teams, like fucking astronomically sized market teams, yeah. With such pressure on this on this organization. Of course, the young stars who are like the best players this team has seen in 20, 30 years, however, however long you want to go back, you know, best drafted and developed players they've had since I don't fucking know who, Wendell Clark, are probably better than fucking Wendell Clark. Like, of course, they're going to bend, rake them over the coals for the money because they've seen, and, and rightly so, right, they've, they've seen what happens with this franchise. This shit that's going on now in the first round was going on before any of these players were even drafted. You go back to fucking 2013 and before that. You know, this team hasn't gone to the second round, hasn't won a playoff series since 2004. So I think rightly done by their agents and the people around them, except, you know, Mitch Marner in the way that that was done. But like, yeah, of course they've got the right to go go to them and say, now we're squeezing every every penny out of you because you fucking need us. Yeah, they should. Yeah, we know what's going on. I th- yeah, I agree. It's it, it's unfortunate that these contracts aren't you know one and a half, two mil less for each player because, like you say, that is a second, a solid second line forward that you can fit in there. But I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily want to take Dubas to task over that because I think in in a lot of ways his hands were tied. Because then you know the the other option is you go fucking super hard line on them. Like uh, you know, like maybe Calgary and Columbus have done with their younger stars, and then you're constantly um, you know, uh, you've got the overhang of old players are probably going to want to leave because they feel hard done by by the organisation or whatever. There's got to be a bit of give and take if you want to keep your your Matthewses and your Miners and your Leelanders and even John Tavares. Like you know, you've got to be able to pay them. I th- I agree, John's- but. Dude, like, <laughs> yeah, no, no I, I know what you mean. It's it's hard one though. I think it's it's just the situation where like Dubas made the decision of how he wanted to construct his roster, make it top heavy and fill in around the edges, and he's he's made his bed and now he's got to sleep in it sort of thing. This is what happens when the when it goes wrong for a season. You know what I mean? I think a few different things go a different, you know, four four, a couple of <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, like, but but we can only we can only dissect one season at a time, I think, because it's to an extent, true. yeah, especially this year where he's gone out and gotten your Simmonses and your Felinos and your and your um, Bogosians. I think you know Tavares doesn't get injured. You're looking at a different situation. Yeah, X, Y, and Z happens differently. You're looking at a different situation. Yeah, we're we're having a go about him only being able to afford Spetzer and Thornton and um, and Simmons and that. A Simmons has taken much more than a fucking market, you know, dirt cheap discount. But of the three of them, I think only Wayne Simmons has had a particularly bad season. Jason Spets has been fucking phenomenal considering the role he's been playing. And Joe Thornton's been just what you'd expect from a from a fucking forty one year old Joe Thornton. You're right, but if you if you're if you play a harder line with those players <clears throat> Oh yeah. Like hey, Matthews doesn't have to make eleven point one or whatever it is, why can't he make ten? Because if you, like I said, if he makes ten, maybe Mana takes nine. Right. Well, there's now two and a half or nearly three million dollars you've got to find a better player than hoping that Joe Thornton can do it one more time. I think Dubas taking no criticism at all is a bit weird, and I think that the, you know, the coaching should take a bit of criticism as well, because I think 
you know, Matthews and Marner aren't performing. So why did you play them together for the entire game? Why did you play them together yeah, the entire seven-game series? I've heard a couple of times already that Dominic Ducharme is a bad coach and that the Leafs kind of made him look like a better coach. And as soon as Caulfield and Suzuki came into the series, that suddenly the Canadians looked good and they should have been playing them already. Okay, but they weren't. They realised that things were going bad, so then they did. That's not... Some coaches wouldn't make that change. And on the opposite bench, you've got a coach who didn't make any changes. Whereas at least the Canadians were sort of... They were changing things. You have to give them credit. A lot of Leafs people are, well, the Leafs lost this series. Well, maybe partly they did, but also the Canadians won. And I don't also subscribe to the fact... And this isn't me saying that Kerry Price wasn't good. I want to clear that up right now. He was he was good. But this kind of, well, Carey Price stole it. He didn't steal it. I thought the oh, Canadians played a really smart game, was what it was more than anything. They played a super smart, tight, they fucking four-checked hard. It, it wasn't like it was two on O's every single game and Price is stopping them like doing scorpion kicks and all that kind of thing. The majority <laughs> of Price's saves were saves that he should make. But I but think, as, as we've said before, that's what you need in the playoffs. Yeah, need, exactly, you know, exactly. Kerry Price had to just be a goalie who can make good saves, and he did exactly that. Didn't go, didn't give up any softies, and especially five, six, and seven. The defensive structure around him as well made it easy for him to make those saves. He was good, but I think this kind of, I think it's a bit disingenuous to the Hab system. You know, making out that Price suddenly turned into. Dominic Hasek or something because he didn't he was just he was perfectly good yeah I, th- I think as a, as a team sort of thing j- just one last quick bit on the Leafs coaching before we do fucking 40 minutes on the Leafs like every other podcast is doing this week <laughs> um, I think it's you can look past Matthews obviously Matthews and Marner's lack of performance is a massive issue and reflective on what Sheldon Kiefer and his colleagues have done but I just think you need to look at the fucking look at the score lines, you know, look at the look at the whole the the result of the series. You go from three one up, you've got three chances at winning at winning the um winning the series and you bottle every last one of them. But if I'm Carl Dubas and or more likely Brendan Shanahan, I'm sitting Keith and the rest of them down immediately after that game and saying, Right, what the fuck has happened here? What, why Why am I talking to you right now? Do you know what I mean? Like, why have we done that? How have we... It's not like they... It was an even series and it went to a Game 7. The the Leafs fucking... You know, Game 1, scratch it. John Tavares nearly fucking died. Fair play. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't hold anyone to task for that. But then after that, you rally back and win three on the bounce and then lose three on the bounce. How can you, as Sheldon Keefe, come into Brendan Shanahan's office after that and explain that away. Against my better judgment, that's where I would say you've got to get rid of Keith because clearly he's fucked something there. I think and maybe that's can't... maybe that's more on Dubas as well. Keith's his boy, isn't he? That's who he wanted the entire time. The entire time, that's who he wanted. The reason why Tampa have been so successful, or teams like that, is that if they need to adjust their game, they'll adjust their game. How many times have you seen teams who can hold the puck or they like to play possession or... For a couple of periods, they're just going to, you know what, we're just going to dump it in, chase, and forecheck the shit out of you. Because that's what we need to do right now. We need to calm it down, keep it simple. It's like in footy where defenders will try and fucking dribble out from the back 
or they're scared to death of conceding a fucking throw-in. You know what? Sometimes just smash it into row Z and get everybody set up again and just defend for a bit and get yourself set and fucking take a breather. And that's what you need to do in hockey sometimes. You know, Keith's like, you can't just be fucking dangling and playing possession and every single game. You can't do that. Sometimes you just got to fucking dump and chase and play a different system. I think you're right. I think Keith's got to take a, they're going to have to take a long, hard look. Long, hard look. We've mentioned plenty of times as well. Who are they playing next season? Welcome back to a division that includes Florida, Tampa, Boston. Whoever else is going to... Maybe... I mean, Ottawa were not exactly shit at the end of this season. They worked it out. They got themselves going. Their young, their young players are now going to be a year older and will be a year better. So maybe Ottawa's going to take a step up. I still don't think Buffalo and Detroit are going to be anything, but now that's five teams where it used to be three. So it's going to be way harder next year. Way harder. Yeah, it's going to be a, a very interesting... Yeah, again, another interesting off-season for the Maple Leafs. Indeed, for indeed. one can reason I, or another. Can I finish you with one blistering hot take before we get out oh, before we get to the, uh, the start of the show properly? Of course. The Leafs played way harder and way better under Mike Babcock in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's because... Uh, because otherwise they were getting fucking rinsed out in the uh, in the changing room afterwards. Like they were getting blasted with a pressure hose if they didn't after the game. <laughs> Lined up against the wall. Sign for the hose. I'm I'm surprised we never got any um you know Beckham Beckham with the boot to the eye incidents while uh, while Mike Babcock was in uh, <laughs> in charge. Though you know booting a skate across the room is probably going to be a little bit more dangerous than a fucking 2004 Predator. I think you might be right. But I'm surprised I've not heard that anywhere yet. I am very, very surprised I've not heard Mike Babcock's name been mentioned. Well, Maybe what, it has been. What, I'm not looking in the right places, but I ain't seen it. What day does Steve Simmons drop his uh, column every week? That's the, <laughs> yes, that's the day point. to fucking look for it. Like that's going to be, uh, you know, call it. Well, especially when you chuck in uh, the fact that Lou Lamarello is into the second round again, 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 every year. <laughs> <laughs> God fucking hell! Right, Almighty. All right, let's start the show. I suppose we I suppose we have to. Are we are we able to get past Game Seven of the intro? <laughs> we'll find out after this break. <laughs> As always, we're brought to you by the fine folks over at Wave Intel. Are you a fan of a team that should have won a series, but maybe didn't? Head over to Wave Intel to see why you should be even more angry than you are now. Wave Intel, online and on Twitter, being smart, so you don't have to. Check out the Three Men and Their Babies podcast, at men underscore babies on Twitter, and we're on iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, Smart Speakers, anywhere else you can listen. Leave us a nice review, helps a lot. Tell your friends if you like the show, or if you think we're a couple of goons. Cheers. So I did see something mentioned on Elliot Friedman's Twitter this week, or maybe somebody retweeting Friedman that they're was not it ex- was it Elliot Friedman's or was it Mr. Booth's tweet? It wasn't Twitter. Mr. Booth. It wasn't Mr. Booth. Definitely not, dude. How amazing is that now that you have like being Mr. Boothed is now a thing? You have to say, oh, are we getting boothed here, or is this real? Like, is this real? Yeah. Always check the real name. I, I love it. I've not I've not been caught out yet, so I'm happy with it. But the rumor is that the salary cap is probably not going to move for the next five years. 
Five fucking years. Are you fucking kidding me? Now, first off, that can't be possible. It just can't be. How? How, how is it that the NBA and the NFL and baseball are still paying players more and more and more, yet the NHL cap isn't going to move for five? Can you imagine in five years how much NFL players are getting paid? Patrick Mahomes has signed a $500 million contract last year. And the highest paid player in the NHL still makes $12 million a year. Or 12 and a half. And that's just fucking nuts. The I'm, I'm, I'm just having a little Google, just having a little look. So, yeah. like, you know, the salary cap staying stagnant for five years in, indicates, you know, you've got some serious, you know, financial issues because of the lack of uh, lack of gate receipts. Because that's the only difference, isn't it? It's the yeah. lack of gate receipts. And then, to an extent, what, how much fucking profit are NHL teams actually making off concessions, especially when you factor in the fact that they wouldn't have to pay for the overheads of having concessions anyway? I, wa- you know, I will say, I will say, con- concessions will make you a fuck ton of money. The oh yeah, abso- the, the profit margins are insane. Just as a quick aside, when I was cooking in a restaurant, we used to buy these biscuits in for two pence a pack. I used to sell them for a, we used to sell them for a pound. Can't can't turn it down. I'm I'm, I'm just having a little look at the um, EFL League Two. Yeah, of course you are. The f- the fourth, fourth and lowest tier of professional English football, isn't it? Because the the conference is yep. technically semi-pro, isn't it? That's right. There are some pro te- there are some pro players in a conference, but not many. Yeah, the League Two of English football is the last professional tier. That's where teams ninety-two to what seventy reside, something like that. Uh, yeah, whatever the maths is, yeah, fucking fucking dog shit, basically, fucking dog shit. And and, and you'd imagine, you know, if if a if a multi-billion-dollar sports franchise such as the NHL, who has had a big cash injection from the confirmation of a 30-second team paying their, their entry fees, paying their subs in the last calendar year, in, in the last fucking two months. If they're having such uh, financial struggles that they cannot possibly increase player wages for the next five years, I'm, um, I'm not actually seeing any uh, League Two team having fucking folded in the last season because of because of covid <laughs> do, you, do you know what i mean surely if, if a massive league on that scale is having issues you'd imagine the fourth and lowest tier of professional football would be having similar worries that would you know put teams fucking under because they can't get any fans in yet funnily enough that's not happening what the fuck is this incompetent league doing that we're having to say yeah another five years boys sorry can't have any more money see you later I shit you not, people listening to this. I would guess that the majority of you earn more money weekly than the fourth tier professional footballers make in England. And I swear to God, I am not joking on that. Some professional footballers in the fourth tier of English football do not make as much money as you. They get paid to play, but it fucking ain't what you think it is in the fourth level of English football. So what the fuck is the NHL doing? (laughs) It's fucking, it's mad, isn't it? It's mad. Like you, you'd have basically if you're a manager anywhere, you're probably making more than the league two players. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. If you manage any staff in your job, if you're listening to this, you will make more money than a league two football player in England. I, I still, no one can tell me where that Vegas and Seattle money goes or what's been done with it. I still don't know. And I say this every time. I'm not saying there's anything fucking dodgy or anything. I just want to know where it goes. That's all. Just do what, not. What do they do with it? One point one billion dollars. Where is that money? Where is it? Anyone know? Does anybody know? No one seems to know. We just don't talk anybody about it. Anybody know? 
I thought, I thought we had, you know, fucking revenue sharing and shit like that. I thought that was the whole fucking point. Like, you know, it's, it's as we were saying in, you know, in the height of COVID, like, at some point these owners have got to fucking pony up and admit to owning the fucking team. Like, yeah, you, you, you own a car, something goes wrong with it, you have to pay to fix it. Oh no. That's the, that's the fucking cost of owning a car. You own a house, a wall falls down. Oh shit, you've got to pay to have the wall put back up. You own a hockey team, <laughs> Don't have to do fucking anything. <laughs> if it's not, you know what it's if like? the hockey team itself ain't paying for itself, then you're not on the hook at all. You know what it's like? It's like that your car breaks down and then you ring all of your friends who've ever been in that car and say, well, you owe me for this. <laughs> it's broken down, so you went in it once, therefore you've got to help me pay for it. We talk no, about you, you don't. You don't even have to. You don't even have to phone them because every time someone's in the car, you're charging them such an extortionate amount for petrol cover <laughs> that the car itself is covered. Yeah, but the car isn't covered, is it? Because the second it breaks down, you have to ask them for money again. I've already paid for this, haven't I? No, no, you haven't. No, but I'm sure I did. I'm sure you charged me ten quid for that four mile journey that time. Yeah, yeah but I couldn't take into account the extra things wrong with the car. So now you've got to pay me even more money. Didn't what? we sign a very exhaustive legal document that said, like, this is exactly how things are going from here on out? Like, yeah, we did, but I've, uh, I don't like that anymore, so you've got to give me more money. It's fucking insane. But well, on I'm the back taking of that, your car. Yeah. <laughs> but on the back of that, an incredibly, incredibly fascinating stat that I heard Pierre Lebrun mention the other day, that 17 of the 18 highest paid players are out of this postseason. Yeah, and, and you know why that is. Well, I, yeah, because I know who the one is who isn't, and that's only because Montreal and Toronto played each other. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course, fucking Carey Price. Carey Price, the, the, yeah. And, and Carey Price is a fantastic example because I, I don't know who those 18 players are, but I'd imagine bar the ones that are, that we've already discussed on this um, on this podcast, the majority of them are fucking over 30 and washed. Like, they ain't the difference makers. And and that's a that's not an indictment of the players themselves. Not at all. It's a, it's an indictment of the salary structure and, and contract structure in the NHL. It's the issue and of stupid and stupid GMs. Yeah, stupid GMs. I I found out a fucking beautiful stat the other day of um since signing their ten and a half million matching contracts, um you know the first <laughs> uh, the first eight figure <laughs> contracts in the league. Yeah. Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane have not won a real playoff series. <laughs> <laughs> fucking like yeah Kerry Price the- Kerry Price is the first double digit player in the salary cap era to win a playoff round <laughs> oh, I fucking that- love it I fucking love it ridiculous ridiculous hang on how would I find who are the te- who are they who are the 18 highest paid players I'm just curious oh it's got it's got to be easy to get on cap friendly I, th- I think just to vamp a bit like I'm I'm actually coming round now to the idea to, to why we shouldn't have an increase in salary cap because we clearly can't be fucking trusted with it. No, it's it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if Batman and Daly have taken taken that money from Vegas and from Seattle, chucked it away in a little safe, and said, "Look, when you've proven that you can spend this money wisely, owners and GMs, then you can have this money. But until then, you fucking ain't." Right, top eighteen. I've got the top eighteen. Do you want it? Yeah, yeah, I've got it here. I'm looking at it too. Maybe I don't know why we've cut it off at 18. Like it should be top 20, surely. Like, I mean, whichever way you look at it, because I'm looking at yeah, Cap Friendly has um, has Vasilevsky at 17. So, oh, maybe it's um, maybe it's salary. 
Yeah, that's looking more. That's, oh, that is a fucking no. Salary's got Sebastian Aho. Don't don't believe. Um, yeah, but nobody else. You read no, that's on the right. Internet. No, that's right. Nobody else. Oh, so the one oh, isn't no, no, fucking Kerry no, no, no. no, Price. No, Miko Rantanen. And Vasilevsky. Oh yeah. Either way, though. Okay, so even if you, even if you go down to twenty, fucking who 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 has put only, like, that out? Fucking liar. Only... <laughs> Pierre Lebrun. Absolute hack. I've seen it for years. There's <laughs> <laughs> definitely some questions you could fucking have about Pierre Lebrun, but that's neither here nor there. Okay, so even if we even if we go top twenty, so you've got McDavid out, Panarin. I'll go. I'll go in order. McDavid, Panarin, Matthews, Carlson, Doughty, Tavares, Marner, Prices in. Taves, Kane, Eichel, Kopitar, Bob, Sagan, Ovi, Malkin, Vasilevsky's in, Jamie Benn, Kucherov, Stone. That's four players out of the top 20 that are currently in the playoffs. That's just fucking ridiculous. And I'd say 10 of them are incorrectly paid. Yeah, and like, yes, and then if you go down the ages, the, so 30, 30, 32, 32, 31, 32, 31, 34, 33, 30. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's not guys who are sort of 22, 23. Hopefully, about to kind of bust out and do that thing, but no. Nope. Just... And then even even the ones who are in that situation, uh, yeah, you know, your your McDavid's, your Eichels, your fucking um, Marner Matthews, Marner Marner Matthews is yeah, they're arguably stuck on franchises that you'd argue it's unfair to lump Toronto in with Edmonton and and Buffalo, but like they're not they're not all that far removed from the lack of success that those two franchises have, are they? It's a it's a stupid. They're stupid contracts to give, and we will lament GMs who do it. But at least with someone like Doughty, Taves, Kane, Kopitar, you can at least say they've earned it. I know you shouldn't, and it goes against everything we've ever said. And I'm not saying it's a good, they're good contracts. But at least you can kind of say, all right, do you know what? They fucking got success through their team multiple times. And they've at least earned that right to earn a fucking chunk. Whereas there are some players that you, I know we talk about Bob all the time and rail on him and fucking hell, but you know even like Malkin. Okay, Malkin's out of the playoffs right now, but he's fucking worth every one of his nine and a half million dollars. He's totally Jesus worth Christ it. Christ, he is, and he's and he signed that at an appropriate time. When's that end after next season? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's got one, one more year on it, so it'll end when he is thirty-four, which is no, sorry, thirty-five. Yeah, thirty-five. It'll end. That's fucking fine by me. You know, he's got any free cups. Taves and Kane, yeah, they're costing your team at the moment, but after you win three cups, why the fuck should you take a hometown discount? <laughs> why? Yeah, definitely. I just won you three cups. Like, I'm not taking less money. Are you fucking nuts? But we, and, and we've already done enough on why those uh, Taves and Kane contracts shouldn't have been signed anyway. Agreed, agreed. But like I said, at least you could make the argument, all right, I can see why they got it, because I can. There's going to be some... And this will actually lead us on to nicely to Seth Jones, who's decided, like, <laughs> I don't know, there's a couple of the players who don't like Columbus well. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. It seems to not be a place that players want to live and or play. <laughs> can't but think a of any like, recent examples. I can't think of any. There's players like Seth Jones who have said that, yeah, I'm not re-signing. I'm, I'm going to test free agency. Now, that might be a ploy just to get him traded now. And hopefully, you know, he wants to go to a contender, sign somewhere else. Fine, whatever. We're currently making $5.4 million. With the cap the way it is at the moment, I'm not sure what Seth Jones thinks he's going to make if it's about money I mean yeah he'll probably make a bit more but teams are not now looking at Seth Jones going god we better give him 11 aren't we so we can guarantee we're going to get him no I think not. I think some <laughs> fucking teams are though like oh my god you know I just know you just know it don't you 
he's going to get like nine gonna, somewhere. He's going to get like eight and a half at least, I think, somewhere. Yeah. From someone who fucking needs him or thinks they need him. Or thinks they need him, but I don't know. What the fuck is, is it, it with Columbus? What is it? <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. It's like a Twilight Zone or the Bermuda Triangle or something. I d- part of me thinks it's got to be like a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy now. Because once you've got X amount of players that have left for whatever reason, you then are in a very real situation where the team cannot retain star players. And I think that's definitely had a trickle down onto the likes of you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois wanting out. Whether or not Josh Anderson wanted out, Josh Anderson ended up getting traded. You know, like, even even stretch it back to like Matt Duchesne and shit like that. Like, there are plenty of examples where you think, actually... Yeah, if you are a Seth Jones and then that's going to knock on to like a Zach Rowensky, etc, etc. You've got to look at it and almost think, uh, why should I stick around when everyone else has fucking left? And either got on a big payday or is doing pretty well for themselves elsewhere. Or has at least joined a better team. Definitely. Maybe it's going to be different now that Torx isn't coming back. Who knows whether that's going to have like an organisational shift. Because a lot of this has happened under Torrella's watch, isn't it? Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, discounting like you know the Rick Nashes and Jake Voracek's and Jeff Carter's of <laughs> discounting all of these other examples we have throughout the years without Torre <laughs> there. But yeah, I think you've you've always got to give the team the benefit of the doubt of like okay, maybe things will be different without Torrella. But fucking hell, like Seth Jones has announced he's not. He's announced he's testing free agency over a year out. After Torts has already got the boot, like fucking, how much more of an indictment can you have than that? What's he? Um, if you're offering up, I always ask you this, and I get it, it's needs based and what prospect you've got and blah blah blah. But what do you think, Seth Jones? Is he going to get? I mean, Christ, if Nick Foligno was going for first and two fourths at the deadline to a team that's desperate, do you just oh, hold yeah, him until jo- the de- you just hold him till the deadline, don't you? And then just I rinse some team. Whenever he gets traded, he's going to get a ransom. I think realistically yeah, not not that he deserves it like he's been on the drop off <laughs> ever since people realised that he's a good defenseman um, <laughs> yeah. funny that but yeah I think he still has a lot of, a lot of cachet around the league from what I've read so yeah I, I think he'll and he's, he's a right shooting defenseman people view him as the top pairing defenseman you know your classic workhorse or he'll play 30 minutes a night if you need him to like yeah people will fucking pay for that hell fucking Toronto might end up trading for him. Who knows? Jones for Mana? Who says no? Well, Mana, Mana got offer sheeted, didn't he? Or was going to be offer sheeted by Columbus. So they clearly want him. Like, yeah, yeah. I think Jones for Mana is a hard one because you're going to need to offer more than Seth Jones for Mitch Mana, I, I think. Or you should have to. Even if you just Mark. consider the contract situations. Like, fucking hell, you trade five years of Mitch Mana, even at an inflated cap hit, even if he's your power play coach, like... For one year of Seth Jones, <laughs> like fucking hell. That's why Mana makes all that money because he's a player coach, isn't he? He's uh, he makes double. <laughs> he's doing two jobs. I'm the, like I'm the, the power play of... coach, and I have to play. I mean, come on, I'm worth way more. It's like the opposite of salary cap circumvention. I think if um, <laughs> yeah. if Dubas goes to Shanahan trying to get the okay on that trade, I fucking I cut his head off there and then. You know what I mean? Yeah, agreed, agreed. But then I don't. I want to give Dubas the benefit of the doubt and think that he's not going to take that. Not that anyone's got any serious inkling that that's a trade being offered around. No, there's no, that. there's no way. Just okay, just quickly clear it up. There's no way any of the supposed big four in Toronto are going anywhere. There's no way. Like we said before, you trade away Mitch Marner, 
you're not getting Mitch Marner back. So why would you? The, you're the not thing sure? with the thing with Marner, like his his wedge is so big, they're like, yeah, are you going to be able to get in two second line players that you know help out Tavares when you've got the other three? Like fucking hell, talk about trading for a position of strength. And if we're saying you need some cap space to get those contributors further down the lineup, how else are you going to do it without getting rid of an eleven million dollar cap bet? I guess so. I guess so. I, I just can't see it though. I just think they're too dug in with this. I here, think. Here you go. Here you go. I got one for you. <laughs> go on. Go on. Mitch Marner. Yeah. For Seth Jones. Yes. And the man himself. Oh. Big Paddy Lino. <laughs> Big Paddy, Paddy Lino and Seth Jones for Mitch Marner. Who says oh, no? Not, not, a sing, not a soul. There isn't a soul on this earth that's going to say no to that trade. Oh my word! <laughs> Fucking Fuck hell! You. I would love. I would. Okay, I got to put that out to the uh, Toronto masses, just as a hypothetical. What do you say to this, Seth Jones and the Irish Wonder Kid, Paddy O'Line? Oh my word! Hold on, I'm just getting it. <laughs> that is beautiful. Getting it here. Right. I mean, that is damn near exactly what you would. That's damn near. That's like five hundred grand difference or something like that. You fucking, you love it. Don't, don't pretend you don't love it, mate. I fucking love that. I love that all day, What's every a... day. I'm taking that deal. What's the number for Scotiabank Arena? <laughs> I've got, I've got, a, I've sorry, I've got to go. I've got a call. I've got a call Shanahan about this. <laughs> I've got calls to make. <laughs> Denise, hold my calls. <laughs> Hello, hello ticketing. Phone. Yeah, yeah. All right, no, I don't want Billy Eilish. Uh, can you? Could you get me through to? <laughs> is there a Mister B Shanahan there by any chance, or a Mister K uh, Dubas? Oh, is... you just hear Shanahan in the background. Yeah, that's what four to Genesis. Okay, yeah, yeah. Do, could I interest you in upgrading <laughs> to VIP? <laughs> Mate, Jones and Line for Mana. Oh my God! Inject that's a, that's that into a... every one of my veins. That's a mental trade. That's in a million years. That's not happening. Do you know why it, it wouldn't happen as well? Do you know why it wouldn't happen as well? Not for Toronto, because Columbus would be fucking idiots to take that deal. There's no mm-hmm. fucking way. I could get way more than that for Seth Jones on his own. <laughs> I could get, I could get probably a mana type and a good a couple of picks as well. Oh fucking as if, as if. There's no. All right, if, if anyone's going to make that trade, then they're idiots. Dude, at the deadline, I'm telling you, at the deadline, I can see a massive overpayment for Seth Jones. Massive. No, not, not a... I don't know. I'm not saying... I'm not saying an in the exact, No, not an exact Mitch Marner, but I'm saying that kind of player. Not not as good as, obviously. Clearly not, but yeah, like, you could like, get a like really a, good player in return. Like one of your like, Anthony Mantha type... Yeah, you know yeah, like I mean, that like kind of Dennis Gurionov exactly. type, or whatever. Exactly. Look at that fucking Anthony Mantha deal. I mean, Jesus Christ! Two really good NHL players and a first and a second. Fucking hell! I mean, <laughs> oh, I love it, I, dude. Yes, yeah. if Stevie Wire's on the phone to Columbus this year, I'm just hanging up straight away, straight away. Oh, mate, imagine, imagine. Uh, you heard you got a Patrick Line over there. What? Uh... <laughs> The draft lottery was last night. <coughs> Excuse me, which I literally realised about two hours before it started, because I think it's been hidden for some reason. And I wonder, maybe because the NHL didn't decide to fix it this year, they knew that it'd be quite a boring one, <laughs> so they didn't they didn't bother to promote it. Because wasn't it like only Seattle moved up one place and that was it? There was nothing else that actually. 
Uh, yeah, I think so. I think everyone else was right. pretty much slotted in where they were, weren't they? I mean, good luck yep. to the say. <laughs> good luck to the Sabers. Of course, they win the lottery this year, where there's fucking no tape on anybody. How how can you get fucking excited for the draft lottery when, yeah, when when it's a fucking nothing draft? There's no. Not only are there players that nobody's particularly fucking excited for, like who who even is fucking Owen Power, and is he even the best best prospect out there? Nobody fucking knows. But um. Yeah, it's it's there's no interesting players and the players that are there, nobody knows who's the best, so fucking whatever. Who gives a shit? I said to you the other day that this is the year where you just I would just trade down for as many picks as possible. If I'm picking yeah, pro- the problem think, with that yeah, though is who's who's gonna trade up? Well yeah, fair point. Every single team trades down, so <laughs> so nobody can trade up. I'm glad it's Seattle got uh, second though. At least at least Seattle have a chance of getting a better player. Well, at least their their choice of of players. Yeah, they have got more of a choice. It's yeah, that's yeah. I'd be not livid, you know, to uh, to get to be first overall or anything like that. But still, it's just any preparation for the draft. I think I'd be just a bit disappointed. Like, oh, this is a bit of a waste of our time, really. Throw, throw can... a dart at the uh, at the list, and, and away you go. Yeah, get the t- get the top twenty consensus names. Stick them in a hat. Take one out. Yeah, right. I guess we'll take this guy from this program or this team. And credit in... Taylor Hall as his team wins the oh. lottery again. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nuts, isn't it? That's, that's the thing of beauty. That is the thing of beauty. I was kind of hoping now that he does win the cup this year because I'm thinking, would he be the first player ever whose team wins the lottery and he then wins the cup as well? And I, there's probably one who's done it because obviously no, you know teams must. get traded from bad teams. But I couldn't. I don't know who else it is. But he joined a pretty short list, I reckon. Oh, it's got yeah. It's definitely got to be short. That that'd be a thing of beauty. I do, yeah. I get that you're uh, you have a vested interest in that coming to coming to pass. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be that'd be one for the yeah. Nice nice little bit of bar trivia for you there. Yeah, yeah. That'd be good. That'd be good. Fucking hell. Fair play to him though. Christ, that's just nuts. I asked you this face-to-face the other day, but I think we should put it out there as we discussed Bobrovsky and a, a quick 50-50. And I said, would you take Bobrovsky's contract if you're Seattle, if Florida also threw in a first-round pick? Yeah, without a doubt. Every every day of the week. Yeah, and as much as we've railed on Bob on this, I would also agree. I think you're Bob, five, f- five million. Five, when when is the first When's the first-round pick this year or next year? Oh, now there's a. Let's make it this year. Let's make it this year because that's not as sweet. Yeah, is it? that's not as nice. I, I'd probably, I still take it though, because yeah, five mil for a goalie that in theory could bounce back and be be shit up for you. Only five years less. I feel like we do this. Uh, yeah, every yeah, yeah. Fucking year. Yeah, only five years left. Every week. Every every yes, every year. Um, yeah, five mil left. That's easier to bury. That's easier to hide within your lineup, especially if you're kind of expecting. To not be very good, and hell, if you if you want a goalie to flip a coin on and you come out, you know you come out rosy either way, either he's shit and you get better draft picks, or he's good and you have a chance of doing something early on in your uh, in your expansion team career. There's no better no better place than Sergei Bobrovsky. There's still a lot of salary left on that deal though, so maybe if I'm uh, <laughs> yes, there whoever whoever the geezer is who owns them. I might be thinking, eh, maybe we don't want that guy. Yeah, maybe not. Any thoughts on the great one, Wayne Gretzky, joining TNT? 
Uh, people seem to be excited for this. I've seen Gretzky interviewed. I'm not excited for this in any way. See, <laughs> no offense to the man himself, but he doesn't exactly light the world on fire. He's not Stephen A. Smith, is he? Or fucking Charles Barkley or whatever. If, if you've ever seen any hockey player interviewed, imagine what <laughs> the best the best one ever would be like. <laughs> like. I definitely feel like there's a fucking correlation between being good at hockey and being very, very fucking boring. Yeah, if but, it's Drew Doughty or somebody, I'd be thinking, oh, yeah, this could be good, actually. He's not scared of throwing a fucking a couple of quotes out there, is he? That'll be all right. But Gretzky... Imagine phoning, phoning Drew Doughty and just offering him, like, a playoffs-only media contract for, like, five years. It's like, no, no, come on, awesome. Drew. Come on, mate. We all know you're going to be free. Look at the money <laughs> on the side. Um, now, like, I think, whatever. Rather, rather Wayne Gretzky than any other fucking nameless oh, God, yeah. hockey player who yeah, who's probably going to be just as boring but without the cachet in. Yeah, it's a smart maybe, move, isn't it? Because he's, yeah. he's the only player, hockey player that every single person in the world has heard of. So, yeah, you, you should get him on there just for that value, that name value. Yeah, and, and it's about how TNT actually use him. Are they just going to stick him on the desk and say, all right, Wayne, what did you think about the, uh, the breakdown on that play that led to the goal? And then it's just the same old shit and it doesn't matter who's te- who's breaking that down or are they going to use him in an un- unknown more interesting way of using Wayne Gretzky's particular knowledge of the game like who I think I, I want to pass judgment when I've actually seen him on a TNT panel but for now it's like pff, fucking whatever cool that they've got Gretzky but I'm, I'm not holding out hope that he'll actually be any good god get Gretzky doing who he played for oh that'd be so good <laughs> I feel like if if Gretzky like he's obviously smart in a hockey way, yeah. Like if you if you get someone to manage him properly and and you do look at him as a proper, I don't know, in the way that coach's corner was kind of intended to be to start with, you know, proper. Here's the technical technical stuff about a guy who knows the game inside out. Maybe that could be interesting if you get somebody who like manages him properly and and gets him talking about the right things and him taking interest in that role and preparing for it properly. But yeah, otherwise it's just going to be another whoever behind the desk talking about you know some shit. You know what they need on there, don't you? They need to then go the complete opposite way and just get an absolute goon from the eighties on there. Just I don't know, <laughs> fucking Chris Nyland or somebody. So knuckles. What do you think about this play? I mean, I'm looking at the play and I'm thinking. Why don't you just punch him in the face? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that'd be fantastic. Because <laughs> Gretzky's only on a part-time contract, so they—that's exactly how they should load up the panel. Yeah, just for, forgo any like serious analysis of the play. Just get various fucking knuckleheads saying, "Oh well, you know, if I was out there, I'd be, I'd be punching fucking Jake Evans in the face right now." So. <laughs> Just lean in and make it a pantomime. Make it utter nonsense. Exactly, exactly. Nobody, how many people now really genuinely watch the fucking pre-game amble or the or the in like in between period shit? Unless something mad happens, you don't give it. I don't care. I don't care why this fucking defensive breakdown happened or why this player missed his assignment. I can fucking see it. I, I to, to be fair, on I've... Twitter that I can read about that all day anyway. It doesn't bother me. Give me a fucking show. Give me a circus. That's what I want. I've watched every second of studio analysis and pre-game talk ever since we revealed Dusty Gooch in the pre-game. <laughs> so I've, I don't want to miss another miss one of those. Yeah, no. yeah. I'll watch it on catch-up. I miss the games. So I just get the uh, get the studio shit so I don't don't miss the fun. 
Yeah, we cut now live to our outside reporter, Rusty Trombone. Rusty, what can you tell us? And you're like, yes, I knew there's a reason I was Fucking watching. Worth it, ah. <laughs> Did you see that? Uh, see that Predators, uh, Predators Panthers game last night? Fucking incredible. <laughs> but yeah, they need to do that. Give me, just give me a, give me a circus. Get me a really super skilled player on a panel, and then get me an absolute goo. And their only job was to go out and hurt people. I want, it, I want that. That's what I want. Just to really fuck off everybody. Oh, get me a black lesbian. Just to really fuck off like the fucking hard right knob cheeses who fucking follow this sport sometimes and who don't understand why people kneel and all that stuff. Like, just go fucking all out. Just fucking, yeah, make it a show. Why don't you just get a shack in? <laughs> or Charles Barkley. No, Bar- Barkley knows too much about hockey. Just get, just get yeah, a shack in. That's a good point, actually. There you go. I'd love it. I'd love to. I'd love to see like Gretzky though. Like, so uh, Wayne, Matthias Brome, who's he played for? Oh, I don't fucking know, mate. I've got a clue. <laughs> Who? Matthias Brome. Fuck it out. If if the Wings weren't in uh, weren't in the Central this year, I wouldn't know who fucking Matthias Brome is. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why I picked him. That's why I picked him. Okay. <laughs> Unbelievably, people, the playoffs are still actually going on. You wouldn't think it, but the, St- the Stanley Cup is still being contested for. <laughs> in, in spite of the Toronto Maple Leafs' best efforts, the world still turns. Yeah, unfortunately, it does. And I, like I said, I saw the, <clears throat> I watched the replay of Vegas, Colorado this morning. The Avs already take a two-game lead. Vegas really gave them one there. Uh, they should have. Vegas were way better in that game, way better, and and should have won it. But yeah, I can't see them. Like you can't spot Colorado with two game lead. Nah, no, no, no chance. I think I think this train's going all the way to the final, isn't it? Probably all the way to the parade afterwards. You gotta think so. Byron, Byron, a, a classic. Oh, that injury happened at just the wrong time. I can't Poor see. Uh, I can't see much changing on that one. Uh, same with Tampa, Carolina. Like Carolina played so well the other night and should have had that game, but. When you've, got, when you've got the greatest goalie in the world and the greatest defenseman in the world, it's kind of hard to score goals sometimes against that team. T- Tampa are going to Tampa, as the kids are saying. Not not Tampa, like, you know, uh, you know, hitting someone up before free agency. They're uh, going to gonna play very good hockey, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, they are. And it, and it is easier to do that when you've got a salary cap that doesn't exist for one team. So, <laughs> hundred million dollars. All the, same rules. All the same rules. The Leafs could yep. have done it. Hey, I agree. I agree completely. I know we mentioned I know we mentioned the Lightning's cap loads last year, but you know I always say the classic, it's a classic take this off your fucking two bits one puck bingo card, but <laughs> the teams that have got this many players signed for next season. I always say, Oh bloody hell, did you know this team's got, you know, seventeen players signed for seventy million dollars already? The Lightning have nineteen players signed next season. They're already eighty six and a half million. <laughs> I talk, love that so much. <laughs> talk about a, a fucking repeating storyline, like Jesus Christ. Okay, spin the wheel. Who's going to get injured at the start of next season? Miraculously, <laughs> they they should just lean into it. Do do Kutrov again? Why not? Oh, oh please, yeah, please, same same injury. Oh, he's aggravated. Is whatever it was. Yeah, it flared up in the playoffs. Unbelievably, in the very last in the very last second of the cup final, he's just go down holding his knee, pretending. <laughs> he's, he's he's doing escape with the cup, and his little yeah. piece goes. It's it's the breezy boys like go down, go down. Now's the time, Nikita. Down, down you go. <laughs> oh, that has to happen. That has to happen. Oh, that'd be fantastic. 
Oh or like the second, the second the buzzer goes, everybody's like jumping around, you know, doing the whole throwing the sticks and gloves everywhere, celebrating. Kucherov just like like a fucking footballer, just like writhing on the floor. Ah, no! God's full sh- name the referee mind. shot me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, full. Uh, Bruins Islanders, yeah, evenly poised, very evenly poised. Bruins had no business getting anything out of that game that they lost. I know they didn't get anything out of it, but they shouldn't have taken it to OT. <laughs> they were fucking... Islanders played really well in that game, really well. Shut them down completely. It was like the Islanders we expected that they turned up. Okay, you think you're going to get any fucking shots on goal, do you? No, not going to happen. So yeah, I d- even I still think one all. I still think long term, like that ain't that ain't going to be a problem. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but you don't know, dude. Plenty of teams. Yeah, There's two teams already through that should not be through, dude. You never know, do you? You never know. No, it's it's very it's very true, but I, I I'm still. I've got more faith in your Bruins than you do. I think there's for the, for the good it was of the just world. Like a, we can't have the Islanders in the final. Fucking hell! <laughs> it was like I said the other week. Any any four teams out of that East, any combination, you could have told me got through in any amount of games. I would have believed you. And even this series, if it was Pittsburgh, Washington, you could have told me it finished in seven or in four. I'd believe you. They're all so closely matched. So I, I, you know, I guess matchup wise, the Bruins probably should win it, but. The Islanders aren't a bad team. People keep forgetting that the Islanders are really fucking good. They're really good. And just because they haven't got one player on their team who's like this absolute megastar, everyone just forgets about them. But they're such a good team. They're so good. The last thing, and which will obviously lead into a discussion, Winnipeg-Montreal. Here we go. There we go. Fucking hell. Surprisingly, I am surprised that Montreal took that first game. I thought they'd be fucking done, but... Maybe they've got themselves a little bit of a got a bit of a bit of impetus now. They've got a bit of belief in themselves that yeah, actually yeah, we can hang with these teams. And fair play to them. They uh, played really well. But regardless of the result, the game is going to be remembered for an unbelievably egregious, disgusting, predatory piece of shit move from Mark Shifley, a guy. And I'm not sure if it's more surprising because I the, the, I expect better from him. And I don't know if that... I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just preempting something or... You know, there shouldn't be different rules. For, there are different rules for different players, but there shouldn't be. But I expect better from a player like that. And what he's done at the end of that game to Jake Evans is absolutely fucking disgraceful. Yeah, it's 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 criminal. I imagine everybody's everybody's seen it, but fucking hell, he skates a full 200 foot of the ice to, to fucking hit Jake Evans who is always going to score on a fucking empty net like people are people are making the argument that oh yeah it's a massive yeah massive moment in the game and, and trying to excuse the hit that way and like yeah I, I appreciate stopping Jake Evans scoring that goal is very important yeah a very important thing to do it is still illegal and immoral to do that the way that Shifley did where Crikey, if you ever want an, an example of hitting to injure, hitting to hurt, I think, yeah, skating up to full speed, basically until you're 15 feet away from the geezer and then preparing to hit him. Yeah, that's that's just about it, isn't it? You know stupid as well? Pete Blackburn had a really good tweet, a, a good tweet today that he basically froze the play as Evans was about to wrap around. And it's very clear. If Shifley had reached his stick out a lot further... There was a chance he could have stopped that happening. I'm not saying yep. he would have, but there was a chance he could have put Evans off enough where Evans doesn't complete the wraparound properly. And he decides not to. 
he just dis- um, what, he goes there's the a hit. minute left there's a minute left like if you make that effort and stretch that bit further maybe even he dives or something there's a chance you can get that puck and your team is still in with a shout instead not only does he concede the goal but he poleaxes the player and I mean fucking Jake Evans does practically a fucking somersault head first onto the ice oh, after getting hit in the head and then not only has all that happened Shafi gets a game as conduct maybe we'll get suspended and what's he done now to Montreal you don't think now Montreal are going to be even more fired up for this series? Shifley's just given them bulletin board material. Why would you do that? That's absolute, like, that's what you'd expect from a rookie. Not a guy who's meant to understand the game and even forget even the injury thing for the time being, which, like I said, is disgraceful. But Shifley's just given Montreal now even extra impetus to go that extra bit. I've mentioned the Nathan Horton injury from the Bruins in 2011. There's interviews with the Bruins that said... After he got injured, and he got that, I can't remember who the cheap shot was from, <clears throat> against the Canucks, Matt that they were like, the Bruins players said that after that, we found an extra gear. We were then trying, we didn't think we could, but we were then trying even harder to make them pay for what they did. We wanted to win then so much more because they took out one of our best players. And that's what Shifley's just done. He's cost his team in so many ways if they don't get through this. It's absolutely fucking nuts. I don't know what he's. I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what he's thinking. It's an absolute moment of fucking red mist rage, and he looks like he looks like after he's done it, you can actually see him being like, "Oh, what the fuck have I just done?" Because he looks like really kind of wide eyed and shocked. I mean, Mark, what the fuck do you think was going to happen? Why even do that in the first place? Absolutely fucking crazy. And he's he's so late to get into Evans anyway. He obviously is not. The puck's crossed the line. And he still goes in and hits him, but like he's so late to that that I, I don't think throwing a hit in that situation is necessarily going to ensure that you stop Evans making that wraparound, isn't it? Like it's like like you tried to say at the top, like playing the stick would have been the the better play to actually stop the fucking goal. Yeah, that's and that's why you can tell it's predatory. At no point is he trying to stop that goal. He's he believes straight away that goal is going to happen, and he wants to then get the player who scored that goal. When in reality, if you watch it, he actually could have made a play. Maybe, hey, maybe the puck still goes in. You know, maybe. But the shortest play is to play the stick or play the puck, not travel through that and hit the guy. I hope to the ends of the earth that he gets suspended. A, because he deserves it. You know, you can't have... Char- charging in this sport is... You know, it, it, it's one of those contentious ones of like, you know, what's the charge, what's the clean hit? But when you've got you know, really obvious, egregious and dangerous ones like that, you've got to stamp that out without any question. But also because if you don't, if he just gets a fine and he's he's suiting up for game two, the fucking carnage. The carnage. You saw Shea Weber in the in the aftermath of that hit. Oh boy. He could have, he could have ripped Shifley's spine out and fed it to him. He yeah. was fuming. And you know, I understand it's the playoffs. So maybe you're not going to get the same reaction that you did with uh, the Rangers and the Capitals. But hell, I mean, we've already got precedent for it this season. If another big, big, you know, dangerous play goes unpunished, effectively, who knows what fucking carnage could happen in in game two. And then that runs the risk of injury to, to more Montreal players and potentially Winnipeg players, which, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Paros does on this one. Well, Ryan Reeves has got two games, hasn't he, for injuring Ryan yeah, Reeves? Yeah, fucking hell, for, for 
something which was very, very dangerous and and you know unsportsmanlike and dirty. You know, fucking ragdolling after after the whistle and stuff. But I'd say the fact that I've got two games is very different to this fucking enormous. You know, oh, I agree. If, to, if they to get see, the same, you know, if they get the same punishment, I will fucking go nuts. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> where is way worse. That's so bad, so bad. Yeah, a, bit, a big moment for Paros to sort of step up and and make his mark after the after the Wilson thing, and yeah, say, okay, how am I? How am I gonna? Yeah, yeah, this is it. Well, this, this is going to be the the big evidence of like how Paros actually feels about shit. I know we've already got a decent enough body of work for him as a head of player safety but to come out of the Wilson situation and now have another big thing that for certain people is is not a suspendable hit that's where that's where he's making his mark and he's really gonna uh, cement his legacy I think we'll see and credit Nick Ehlers as well for stepping into oh, Jake Evans I mean yeah, that's a fucking legend literally like he's you know like when fucking Spider-Man uh, stops the train and he like attaches the webs to each <laughs> side of the wall I mean fucking credit Nikila's like holding down an entire scrum by himself yeah like fucking eight geezers like <laughs> yeah not paying attention like trying to basically fall on fucking a dead Jake Evans for fuck's sake and Nikila's is kind of no like what are we doing here like I've got to protect this guy shout out to Nikila's doing yeah, his fucking, fucking humanitarian work there give him the fucking lady bing uh, Christ give him the services to hockey whatever Mark Messier leadership will give him give him some fucking credit for that Jesus Christ doing yeah. more doing more for player safety than player safety or the NHLPA <laughs> combined oh that's good I'm tweeting that after the show Nikilas has done more for player safety than George Paris has ever done <laughs> I like that and then last little quick thing we've got to shout out our boy Liam Kirk we've got to shout oh, out mate. best player in the world what? actually best, best goal scorer in the world Fucking hero. Yeah, literally. Literally the greatest goal scorer in the world. Fucking amazing. Had an absolute phenomenal world champs. Phenomenal. Dude was so good. So good. You've got to have a peek at him for a, for an ELC, surely. You've got to. You've got to after that. You've got, you've got, you've got, to. To, got to take the gamble on him. Cause that, Especially yeah, for the fucking yeah. Coyotes. I mean, for fuck's sake. It's the yeah, Coyotes. who else they fucking got? <laughs> It's not like he's in the King system where you'd be like, yeah, but I mean they got a fucking ton of players that no, it's the Coyotes. Stick him stick him in the in the minors for a couple of years. See what he can fucking do. See what he can do. Cause he, he missed his overage season at, at the OHL and who knows what he'd been able to do with that. Over over a point per game. For, exactly. Not you know, like he shit the bed in his two years earlier. He was good. No, exactly and, and they're the in in a lot of ways, the first two years of actual competitive hockey with his peers that he's probably ever played. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Having you know, I always played up. Giesel was playing in the fucking elite league when he was seventeen. Like when he was sixteen, he was playing there. So yeah, those are the first two years that he's you know, adjusted to the North American game, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, played with played with his peers, and I think you look at this season. All due respect to to the third tier of Swedish hockey but you know your first year in Sweden you're still putting up 10 points in 12 games on with you know probably not the best line mates you're gonna get yeah and then he comes comes back to the elite league and puts up 20 and 14 against fucking grown men probably trying to take his fucking head off and make a name for themselves and go over a point per game at the world championship for team GB of all teams fucking forget about it you've got you've got to give him he has to be the first English trained player, born and trained player to get an EOC. Has to be. 
Yeah, totally. And I get it, the worlds aren't exactly the worlds this year, but he's not playing against fucking scrubs. There is a ton of NHL players playing in that cha- in that tournament. And he held his own. I'm not saying he's, you know, obviously we're not saying he's fucking Conor McDavid or anything, but he held his own and was good. Yeah, not even just held his own. He was good, like really good. Yeah, and, give him and a fucking ELC. Mad. We're, we're not saying he's going to, because he's not going to be the the, the Yorkshire, Yorkshire's answer to Artemi Panarin or anything like that. But he's going to fit in on a fourth line somewhere, isn't he? Surely. And, and even because if he he's doesn't, a... he'll fit in in the AHL somewhere. Yeah. Once it looks like a player has that ability, you have to then go with it. You can't just then be like, well, we'll maybe give him another year somewhere or maybe do this or not sign him because, you know, no, he's he's shown over this past, to go to three different countries this past year and perform in all of them with completely different line mates every time, completely different systems every time. I mean, how could you not look and think, God, yeah, this guy can play anywhere with anybody and he's perfectly fine. Yeah, why not? Why not get him in our system even more and get him playing with even better players? Because then the sky's the limit. If he's going to be Britain's answer to Panarin, if Panarin's the bread man, Liam's a northern boy, so I think he'd have to be the gravy man, wouldn't he? <laughs> I was going to say the the the, well, the bomb man. They call him bombs in uh in old uh, in in Yorkshire. Was that like a like a bread roll, a bread bread bomb? Bomb, oh, uh, yeah, a bomb. Bomb, yeah, bread bomb. The bread bomb. No, I think the gravy man's better because northern boys love gravy. Yeah, gravy man. Can't well there. Just call he's from Yorkshire. Just call him pudding. Why did I even think of that? He's the pudding man. The pudding man. <laughs> Liam the pudding man Kirk. Oh, I fucking love it. Right, copyright. Christ. Copyright that. Copyright that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they let him work it out for another year, though, because he's on their reserve list until June 22. So they've not, yeah, true. they don't have to make a, a decision on him yet. So, nah, but fucking get him in there. But, get him in but there equally, yeah, get, get him in there and test him. Yeah, why Sign wait? Him for the three year like just you don't have to pay him fucking loads if he if he doesn't make it. Take the risk. Okay. Yeah, like we said, it's the fucking coyotes. What else are you doing? You got no fucking you got no fucking system now anyway, because fucking John Shaker's fucked you all over, aren't you? <laughs> so it's not as like you got fucking players waiting. I don't know. <laughs> do a do a trade tree eventually and it works out that you know Shaker effectively traded all those picks to get Liam Kirk. I'll wait for Steve Dangle's Liam Kirk trade tree in 20 minutes (laughs) (laughs) alright there we go packed show this week people thank you for listening Will any last words Uh, I'm hot I'm hungry I'm thirsty yeah I'm still not going to skate 200 feet feet down the ice to uh, obliterate a young man's face so uh, yeah fuck you Mark Shifley strong words to live by alright there we go take care everybody we'll talk to you next week peace peace